When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight, the reigning, defending, 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 undisputed, universal, heavyweight champion, Wildcat Radio 2.0, bear down, you beautiful people. What's up, everybody? This is Wildcat Radio 2.0. I'm Adam Green. He's Brett Barry. And as of the mid this week, Brett, you are no longer the most favorite BB who has anything to do with Arizona Wildcats athletics. So, sorry. What's, was I ever? Well, if you, your chances are definitely gone now, right? Arizona hired Brent Brennan to be the new head football coach, former San Jose State coach, was the runner-up, I think, to the job when Jed Fish was hired a few years ago. And we talked about it with Rob Bowen on Monday when we did that show, the kind of the emergency pod in the wake of the Jed Fish departure. Brennan's name came up, and we're like, yeah, he wouldn't be bad. You know, he did a pretty good job at San Jose State, and obviously Arizona knows him from interviewing him before, and he really wanted the Arizona job. Now they're a couple of days into it. It comes down to, okay, Brennan seems fine. How much of the roster can he keep? Like that, I think that's it, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I, you know, I think by the time we got done talking to Rob Bauer and Beta Rank, like I, he he showed he showed me during you know in that conversation and then subsequent to the hire, he's been sending out some data points where the you know the numbers don't lie. Where effective offense and effective pass and Beta Rank, you know, when you're in the twenties and thirties uh, in effective offense at San Jose State, like that that's eyebrow raising for me in terms of how do you get the most out of what you have and yeah. how do you, you know, how do you, how do you put players in a chance to succeed? And if you're, you know, the offensive goal is to go score points and control the clock. Right. And if you're, if you're scoring that highly in those metrics, even if you're not winning all the games, like that's a, that's a really positive sign. And especially if you're able to retain uh, a lot of the talent that comes along with uh, Arizona's offense that, you know, hopefully mostly returns. It's, I think it's foolish to assume that it's all going to, uh, the, the roster is going to remain intact. It's foolish to assume that had Jed Fish not left. Um, you know, I think some of the guys that entered the portal probably were going to enter the portal anyway, right? Um, Maybe in the spring because yeah, the window had closed. Well, yeah. But that, there's, that was going to happen, right? There's um, always attrition. And when you're yeah. a team, when you're Arizona, you win 10 games, you have a lot of players who other programs want. <laughs> you know, in the world of NIL. And... I think like, I, I I don't know if I've had to talk myself into Brennan. I'm fine with it. Like I can see why it's a good hire. He had his introductory press conference. I thought he did a good job. And the early returns seem to be that he's really well liked and he's really well like he's respected in college football. Like, there's nothing wrong with getting that guy. You know, especially when you're coming off a guy in Jed Fish who did a really good job for a few years and then was gone. 
And whether Brennan offers stability, whether he offers a chance to push the program forward, whatever it is, he seems like a nice landing for Arizona football in mid-January 2024 when they need to find a coach coming with you know off a season where they won 10 games. And the question is, can he keep their roster? Now, a few more guys have entered the portal. You know, there's, you know, Fusion's Price, like Dakario Davis, like Jonah Coleman entered on Monday, Raymond Polito. Um, some of the freshmen that were coming in, you know, Demon Williams is gone. Right, I think there's a few more guys. If I'm leaving anyone out, or by the time that you listen to this, maybe there's more guys who entered the portal. And we have to remember, just because they're in the portal until they sign elsewhere, that doesn't mean they're not coming back. But that's just to be expected, right? Like a lot of these guys, they put their name in before Brennan was hired, and a lot of people may still put their name in just to see what's out there, as they should do if they feel like there's an opportunity that could be better. And yes, if I put out a tweet on Wednesday that comes with a question, like, hey, they should put their name in the portal. They all should. And like, no, not everyone should because once you put your name in your portal, there's no guarantee you're right, like you can come back to the Arizona. Like they could just be like, okay, bye. Which is why the players who are putting their names in the portal are usually the ones who either early did it earlier and they're hoping to find playing time because it wasn't going to happen at Arizona, or they're the type that yeah, if they if they leave, they're going to find a place to go. Like they're not going to be left out on the cold. But either way, this is it's not Brennan's fault if someone leaves. He could do everything right, and in the NIL world, could still have players leave. But if he can find a way to keep the bulk of this roster offensively anyway, especially some of the leaders there, which so far they haven't left, then that's a win. It's an early win. It's his first win because, yes, there's a spring transfer portal window, and guys could leave then after the 30 days are up from the fish departure. But if you're Brent Brennan, as you're putting together this staff, I think all you're hoping for is this team to give you a chance to show who you are, how you relate to them, how you're going to coach them, how you're going to game plan for them through the spring. And if at that point a player decides, eh, it's just not for me, cool. You know, bummer, but that's the way it goes. But just the early returns, it's only been a couple of days into the Brent Brennan era as we record. It seems like he's doing everything that he needs to be doing to try to make this work this season. Not thinking about like down the road, but just this season where the expectations were going to be very high. Yeah, and you know, I, you know, I 100% agree that it, Every player probably should put their name in the portal just to do give them the most possibilities, even if they fully intend to come back, other than, you know, the symbolic gesture of not entering the portal. Um, but also, I, I'll take my odds if they, they you know, sit down and talk to Brent Brennan, and it's only going to help increase the likelihood of guys coming back with the kind of person he is. And another factor in all of the last, you know, 100 hours of chaos because uh, we're recording on Thursday, it was even you know when it had been a hundred hours since Jed Fish had, uh, officially uh, I don't left. Do the math, but it <laughs> it's, hasn't it's, been very it's long. Not, it's not far off if it no. if it is very um, recent memory, very recent history. But you know, I, there's the other the other I think unforeseen factor of the shall we say abrupt Jed Fish departure uh, and the reaction that came to this. And I, I'm almost I'm almost getting the sense that just like. You know, the 70-7 game calcified the Arizona football program of old alumni and people being like, hey, we gotta, we've, we're at rock bottom. We gotta, we gotta fix this thing. And it, it, and it refocused things on the football program. I almost wonder if something similar happened in terms of, in terms of player retention with NIL in the, in the modern era where, you know, you can, spite can be a pretty good motivating factor. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Arizona fans uh, and boosters that got the taste of a 10-win season and we're looking forward to the next season and fair or not feel borderline personally offended at 
Jed Fish and the way he left and the abruptness with which he with which he left when they had so much to look forward to next year. That I wonder if you know, I, I guess it's a long way of saying I'd be curious to see how much Arizona's NIL uh coppers swelled in the last hundred hours since the Jedfish announcement. Yeah, a desire to kind of show that Jedfish did not make Arizona football what it was. You know, that could go for the boosters, could go for the players as well, in terms of just like, okay, the coach left. And that's a bummer because, you know, since the time Fish left, there's been a lot of Jedfish hate from Arizona fans, and I get it, you know. Especially, like, it's not that he left, but he left before a season where they were expected to be a top 15 playoff contender, right? Like, that that hurts even more, and we don't know how much the team's going to break up. But Jedfish overall did a good job for Arizona because he built a roster that was probably going to be top 15 preseason and a favorite to win the Big 12. It's hard to be I, – I can't be mad about that. And a 10-win season, beat ASU two of the three seasons he was here, including a blowout, the most recent one. It's hard to be like, screw you, man, you know? But at the same time, like, there's a lot of people that are going to be like, hey, screw you, man. We're going to prove to you that we don't need you. And that's a really cool thing for Arizona, how it kind of galvanized – you know, the program and the boosters and the fan base. And that'll, that'll only take you so far, right? Like, but I do think the Brennan hire, too, there's a lot of a lot of the money suited behind Brent Brennan, which, you know, I'm normally not the big, hey, just hire whoever the alumni want because, like, whatever. But if the people who spend the money for the NIL wanted Brent Brennan are willing to open up their wallets a little bit more for him, that's not necessarily a d- bad thing. It's not a dumb hire, right? That is a reason to go with someone like him. And that's the fundraising that comes with being a head coach. Jed Fish did a pretty good job at that, Brent Brennan. Apparently did a great job at San Jose State trying to raise money for them. And if the Arizona money likes them some Brent Brennan or even just hates them some Jed Fish, then, yes, this could work out really well for Arizona trying to retain the talent. Now, of course, part of the issue with that is a lot of the talent they hopefully to retain, some already entered the portal, doesn't mean they're gone. But a lot of these guys are, one, like, can you almost say, like one-year rentals, right? If you keep T-Mac, chances are he's not coming back for his senior season. You know, if you keep Ephesians Prysock, Takario Davis, you've kept Jonah Coleman, and by the time you listen to this, maybe some of these guys are gone. But these guys are NFL players who were probably gone after next season anyway. So, yes, you want to keep this team together and be competitive as all get up and maybe win the Big 12 in 2024. That would be a great start to the Brent Brennan era. But it's like, can he recruit? Can he sustain that? Or will it set him up like, hey, you won with – like, how many coaches win with the previous coaches' players? Rich Rodriguez early on. And once the Mike Stoops players kind of aged out of the program – the talent level fell off, right? Like, that's what you worry about. And there's no reason that Brent Brennan can't recruit because he won games at San Jose State. He obviously had to recruit talent to do that. But that's the question. Like, Jed Fish, assuming he doesn't raid the cupboard, did not leave the cupboard bare. Therefore, win with the guys that are there, but then bring in your own guys, coach up, develop, and do all the things that made Arizona good in the first place. Well, and if, and you know, like I said, I would place bets that, these these star players sitting down face to face with Brent Brennan is only going to increase their likelihood of returning. Doesn't mean they're for sure going to return, but I think his personality is such that it increases that likelihood. And in a, in a lot of ways, he's real he's set up, you know, a little bit of a springboard if you can retain the bulk of this roster, including some of those star guys. Because I think there's some concern when you see San Jose State. You know, they're winning seven games, as everybody keeps trying to say. It's like it's a big deal there because it's such a you know, resource restricted job. And it's, it, and I, I, I agree with that, but then it makes you say, all right, if you're going to try to recruit the high end talent, have you ever coached that high end talent? And have you, do you know how to get the most out of it to help get them to the NFL? And if some of those guys can stick around and he can 
show that they had great success or even got better under even one year with mm-hmm. him, you know, that is such a springboard that probably helps answer one of the biggest questions of can you, you know, can this translate to a bigger program where you want to compete with the, the you know, win those big recruiting battles against the big boys for the high-end talent, right? Well, and if, if obviously, this depends on these guys staying. Like T-Max stays, if Nova Fita stays, Jacob Manu, and more of them stay. Like T-Max a great player. He was a great player when he got to campus. He's going to leave a great player. But if he comes back next season and has another 90-plus catches for 1,500 yards, 12, 13, 14 touchdowns, and goes in the first round, like, only one of those seasons was under Brent Brennan and whoever the offensive coordinator is, but Brent Brennan sent him to the NFL. Like, that's what you have out of that. Like, Brent Brennan did not ruin T-Mac because T-Mac, if he could leave right now for the NFL, he's probably a first-round pick. So you need to make sure that that's still the case next season. And to your point, because if you can show that you can do good things with high-end talent, that you can win with high-end talent, that you can coach it and develop it and improve it, then that'll help you get that in the future. Because Brent Brennan just, he's going to be fishing in waters and, I know you said earlier in the week to, you know, don't use the word fish when it comes to, you know, Arizona football. You told Rob Bowen that. But he's going to, if he wants to get those types of players, and you don't expect Arizona to get all the four and five stars. Like, you don't. Even Jed Fish, after his first season, you know, he got one, two of them after that 2022 class. You know, it was a battle. He lost some of them, even. Like, you're not expected to get all of them, but you need to get more high three stars and, the, you know, a couple four stars sprinkled in. But it still comes back to developing the talent you get, having a good eye for talent, which is something Jed Fisher's staff was good at, like identifying talent and developing it. If Brent Brennan can do that too, and his staff can do that, and we don't know who the staff is, but if he can do that, there's no reason to think that it can't be successful. And it doesn't mean 10 wins every season, but it means bowl games every season. It means winning the Territorial Cup three out of every five years, four out of every five years. Like that, there's no reason to think that can't happen just because he was only winning seven games at San Jose State because seven wins at San Jose State, it lo- sounds like nine or ten in a lot of other places. And let's 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 not forget that three years ago, four years ago, seven wins at Arizona sounded like a far cry for most coaching staffs, right? Um, it's 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 going to be a really it's 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 the more I'm thinking back on it, and I and it's 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 a very interesting t- series of events that puts Arizona as a program and Brent Brennan, you know, kind of that the the you know the meme of the arm coming together of like the the, the right person maybe at the right time can yeah. and and see how it comes together. Now that's not to say it's going to go great, but you can see that path to, you know, not just success but like sustained long-term viable success and that's not to say that brent brendan won't leave this job uh if, if he's really great <laughs> that's in the and, narrative from a lot of people that he'll never leave i'm like you don't know that <laughs> also that's just a stupid reason to hire or not hire a coach is fear yeah. of losing them because they you only lose coaches that are successful and you only get draw interest interest from coaches that are success for interest interest for coaches who are successful and that's goes back to where I was before the fish news even happened. It's like, you know, would you only be ten and three and have risk of losing your coach or be six and six every year and minimal risk of losing your coach? I'll take yeah. the ten wins personally. Um and even if it's ten wins every three seasons, I will take that mm-hmm. as an Arizona fan. Um, you know, I think that the 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 hope and I think almost dare I say the expectation with the Brent Brennan hire is, you know, I don't think it's gonna be one win, five win, ten back to one, five, ten. I think it's it's like going to bottoming be, out doesn't have to happen. You know, yeah, I think he's he has a track record of getting the most out of what he has 
that makes the floor relatively high. And the question is, can he bring it enough to make to make the ceiling higher, right, or to raise exactly, that floor, yeah. exactly? And we just don't know because he's proven as a head coach, he's proven as a developer, he's proven to be able to staff. I mean, his offense, from what I've read, is kind of adaptable to the talent he has, which is great. But you do want to have some sort of a system that you want to cater to. But he's proven all those things. He just hasn't proven at this level in a power five or if there's going to be like a power four now, right? He hasn't proven it at the Pac-12 slash Big 12 level. Doesn't mean he can't do it. There's a lot of coaches who go from like group of five or from some of the smaller conferences go up like Kalen DeBoer, who is now the Alabama head coach. He was only at Washington for two years. Where did he come from before? Like some small school, right? You know, like that, it happens that way. There's a lot of the best coaches. That's a, that's a really common path for coaches to go from like those smaller schools to the next bigger school, have great success there. And maybe that's where they stop or they move on to the next one. But it's only that says Brent Brennan can't be a guy who who is, you know, pretty successful at his previous stop. Doesn't mean he can't go to Arizona and have success there too. And, you know, at his opening press conference, I think he said all the right things, obviously touched on the notes. He's a Dick Tomey disciple and has a great appreciation for the university of Arizona for Arizona football. I, Similar to, I think, when Jed Fish was hired, you know that Brent Brennan is going to give everything he has. And I think that's why I said it on Monday, right, in the podcast that we recorded. I'm like, I want someone who's just going to try really, really hard because you have to do that at Arizona. And he probably won't have to try as hard at Arizona to win as he did at San Jose State. <laughs> but, but either way, you know he's going to come in giving Arizona everything he has because he's wanted this job for a while. You know, his brother was a wide receiver at Arizona. His wife is an Arizona grad. Like he wants, he's not going to do wrong by this school. He's not going to come in just to collect a paycheck. Will he be successful? Who knows? But I do believe that Arizona, the resources are good enough, and I think we've seen that. You know, they got the nice practice facility. The locker room is great. The stadium's not bad. They put money into it. It's a good enough situation to where if you put forth the effort, six wins, seven wins, eight wins, shouldn't be that hard to get most seasons. Yeah, I, I think that's right. And I think you, if you're an Arizona fan, if you know, we're, we're biased. To, we have the recency bias of 10 wins. You know, it wasn't that long ago we'd be begging for a bowl game, right? Mm-hmm. When when Arizona beat, was it UCLA this year and they qualified for a bowl? How excited we were. And we're like, guys, we did it. Yeah, and then they won and how then, many more games? They won four <laughs> more games after that. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I don't think, I don't think, most people expected them to win more than maybe one the rest of the way, uh, you know, but then they just kept getting better and better as the season went. And that is a testament, uh, you know, <laughs> as much as we have our feelings and I have certainly some of them with Jed fish, like that team got better as the season went along. He he's good at developing talent and his staff was, yeah, um, he and his staff did a really good job this past season and building to that season. And hopefully the players decide, most of them decide to stick around and keep them and show that, you know, I mean, they're the ones who play. You know, Jed Fish and the coaches have put them in position to succeed, but it was up to the players to make it happen, and they did. Hopefully they keep doing it for Arizona. <laughs> yeah, and, and especially when, <laughs> yeah, I mean, one could, I'm sure I can hear the uh, cynics out there saying that uh, Jed Fish actually put the team not in position to succeed when they kept Noah Fafita on the bench for as long as they did. Um, I'm, I'm not the person that's going to criticize that that much. I think Jane Delora gets a, a bit of a... Well, you know me. I was pounding that Delora should be the guy trained for a little while. And then at some point, Fafita earned the job. Like, But, yeah. Well, yeah. It's, it, well, it's, if, if you extrapolated his half season as the starter over the season, he's a Heisman finalist, right? Yeah. Like, Fafita? Yeah. yeah. Which is just... It, I, I don't think we fully grasp how good he was. And I think people almost kind of, maybe analogous to a Brent Brennan, they almost kind of under, they, they think his ceiling is capped 
because of his height, right? And maybe people see Brent Brennan and hear like, oh, what a nice guy. This is his dream job. He doesn't really want to, he doesn't have, that implies maybe he doesn't have the ambition. Maybe that caps his upside. You know, maybe this is where if, if no decides to return, this could be, uh, you know, a, 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 a group of people led by people that are underappreciated and, uh, and, and doubted. Just remember three years ago when Arizona hired Jed Fish, there weren't a lot of people saying, wow, what a hire. Like There were people from the NFL saying, hey, Jed Fish is smart. He's going to do a great job. But a lot of Arizona fans are just like, Jed Fish, who? The quarterback coach from New England who's bounced around to like 15 different jobs up to this point, never been anywhere longer than three years. Ha, huh, he could be the guy who won't be around any longer than three years. But like, there wasn't exactly people just lining the streets in celebration about Jed Fish being the coach, and he had his drawbacks, he had his questions, but he turned out to be really good. Now, it doesn't mean Brent Brennan will be good, but I think it does mean you should give him every bit the opportunity to do so, like to reach that level, because Mm -hmm. he's slightly more proven than Jed Fish. He doesn't have the NFL credentials, but as a college football coach, he's proven that he can do the job to a certain level. You know, the question is, can he do even better with a program that's, I guess, on a different level than the one he was just at? You know, like yeah. Jed Fish didn't have that track record, but they each came with question marks, different question marks. Jed Fish proved, hey, that they could work. And now it's up to Brent Brand to continue that on with probably building off a lot of what Jed Fish did in terms of the infrastructure, in terms of the family mentality that Jed Fish preached. Maybe he didn't live it so much at the end, but he preached it and built that continuity with this roster and that brotherhood. And it's up to Brent Brennan to... I continue that to keep it going, and hopefully Jed Fish is, you know, unwittingly helps. You know, hopefully that a lot of players are just like, yeah, I want to stick around and keep doing this thing here because I love my brothers, and I'm going to do this in Tucson where I started and finish the job, whereas the culture that Jed Fish built maybe kind of bites him in the ass a little bit if he's trying to poach him. But either way, that would set Brent Brown up for a really strong first season, which could then be the springboard into his, you know, tenure at Arizona. Yeah, and if – if the uh, you know this we're recording the day after Arizona USC basketball game where he was introduced, if the which by we're going to talk basketball later, yeah, it's going to well, happen but, on Wildcat Radio 2.0. We will, I promise. Uh, but if if the crowd reaction and the energy level in there for Brent Brennan and you know by the way some all the Cerbite clan he was there and, with like Fafita, Miss Fief, right? Uh, Jacob mm-hmm. Manu, T Mac, Jonah Coleman was there. Jonah Coleman, I think, was even like you know some people were saying. I think you jokingly said that Wash, uh, Yahoo already had him as on the Washington. Yeah, roster. they already do. And that, well, I joked, replied to your tweet. Well, kind of joking, you just have to go to ESPN for this kind of factual accuracy when it comes to Arizona sports. Um, and, and you know, maybe he does end up going to Washington, and they weren't wrong; they were just early. But you know, if if you could just judging by the engagement and excitement. In that, in a basketball game, for Brent Brennan and for those and for those players, just even being there, not even committed to returning yet, is an indication. I think the support from the community and the and the and the university is there. That's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, for sure. So, you know what, coach? <laughs> usually, we're excited for the new coaching stuff. That's what's funny about it. You're like, all right, fresh set of coaching. You know, turn this thing around. We need the optimism. You know, everything's bad, but maybe the new coach will get them going. This is different because now it's like, hopefully the new coach doesn't screw it up. <laughs> you know, <laughs> hopefully the new coach can keep the good times rolling. And, you know, I'll, I'll keep that optimism right now. The more I read about Brent Brand, the more I hear about him, the more I like, the more I'm intrigued and think that he can be the right guy at the right time for what Arizona needs right now. So 
yeah, I, I'm good with the hire. We'll see what he can do in terms of keeping guys and, of course, pulling other guys from the portal. There's plenty of players in the transfer portal right now who need a home. So we'll see. But, Brett, let's take a break. and we come back, let's talk to Michael Love of the Arizona Daily Star, who obviously covers Arizona football, all the other sports, but he's got some really good insight into the coaching search, what happened, what happened with Jed Fish, and then the hire Brent Brennan. So let's talk to him after the break. We're back. It's Wildcat Radio 2.0, and we are joined by Michael Love, who's a writer, columnist for the Arizona Daily Star, covers Arizona football, done a lot more basketball recently, too. And normally, I think, Michael, we'd be talking basketball right now, <laughs> except the last week, of course, football was footballing. So I guess first, I'll just welcome back to Wildcat Radio 2.0. Thanks, guys. Nice to see you. Yeah, I mean, the circumstances, obviously, we love talking to you all the time. I don't think we would expect to be talking to you about Arizona hiring a new football coach on January 8th, you know, as we're doing the show on January 18th, we're recording. Can you just take us through how the weekend went, where all of a sudden Jed Fish is in the rumors of maybe Washington's interested in him, and then like 36 hours later, Jed Fish is a coach at Washington, and then coaching searches underway at Arizona. That ultimately led to Brent Brennan. Crazy, crazy weekend, or just overall week in college football. Um, we're recording this, what, on a Thursday? Yeah. We're still only 10 days out from the national championship game, right? So the sequence of events was Washington plays in the national championship game on a Monday. Alabama's Nick Saban retires on Wednesday. Alabama hires Washington's Kalen DeBoer on Friday. Washington hires Arizona's Jed Fish on Sunday. And then Arizona hires San Jose State's Brent Brennan on Tuesday. <laughs> like, that's just not, that's not how it used to work. Right. I mean, I, I wrote this uh, in my latest column um, on our website uh, in our paper that the previous two searches took 11 and 12 days for Arizona. Now it was a little, you know, different time of year, but I think really more than that, just like a, almost a different world when it comes to how college football works. You know, the, the portal was in existence the last time when they hired Fish, but there wasn't the one-time transfer exception. And now that doesn't even really matter because you can just transfer as many times as you want and not have to sit out a year. Uh, the 30-day window opening when a coach leaves. So that has created this frenetic um, type of atmosphere when it comes to these coach hires. And it all happened really really fast fun <laughs> yeah my my wife was very upset with me at how much i was monitoring uh sports news all weekend same uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, i was yeah you know i was distracted during the emmys that did not go over well here in the uh in the love household at least it's your job yeah. though like for Brett and I, this is just like a hobby it's your job to pay attention to these things it's for us it's just like being a nuisance to our wives <laughs> there's really not i mean look I, I was a fan before i was a professional and i have a vested interest in this um, maybe in a slightly different way than you guys or most of your audience but um it it matters to me just as much as it does to you maybe not on like an emotional level but um it's 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 good for business i guess right i mean we've had a crazy amount of page views the last few days so that's always cool. Um, like on the one hand, you know, like you can milk a coaching search 
for a while and get a ton of traffic from it. On the other hand, like I'm glad that we are moving on to the next thing because it is super stressful to to kind of be in the middle of that. Well, from you know, out of one stressful thing and into another thing with the roster management, and I, you know, I kind of looking at how the speed of the hire is, and you kind of, I think, alluded to this in the world of the portal. You know, from where you're sitting, you know, I don't think Adam and I, or I even it, it, don't blame Fish for leaving or even just leaving if it really was about money. My question for you is kind of your your perception of how the search went down. You know, there was there was a rumor that uh, the Kansas coach, I think, was their first choice and they go to Fish and then maybe Fish was pushing for it more. And and I think we all know Washington has a a graduating roster that depleted them pretty effectively and then it got worse with the portal is your sense of how they settled uh, settled on maybe isn't the right word but how they uh pushed for fish and fish pushed for that job was do you think jed fish thinking that he could transfer the roster and the culture he had built there in a plug-and-play manner and how much do you think he sold that to washington a lot i think that was a huge factor i heard you know, as this was all going on, that he was a more attractive candidate to them for that very reason. Wow. You know, the possibility of bringing a bunch of players with him. Um, I think Lance Leipold is a great coach. I mean, the things he's done at Kansas, absolutely incredible. They don't have as good of a roster as Arizona had, you know, a, you know, a week ago anyway. And we'll see what, we'll see what it ends up looking like. Um, but yeah, I think that was a huge uh, um, uh, attraction for UW. Plus, just I mean, the success that he had here in building a culture, building a program, like putting together like an NFL-style infrastructure, front office, quote unquote, um, and all that stuff really worked. Really worked. Really, it really worked really well. Um, and I'll be interested to see how you know, Brent Brennan attacks that side of it. Like, I think we know that Brent Brennan uh, can coach. Um, he'll be able to put together his on-field staff really well, but he's never had the resources uh, at Arizona when he would, that he'll have at Arizona when he was at San Jose State. I mean, the number of people who can work for you uh, in terms of talent evaluation, recruiting, et cetera, et cetera. So he's got to take advantage of that. Um, in a big way, Fish laid the foundation uh, for Arizona having more bodies, you know, throwing more resources into those areas that are really important. That was an attraction for Washington, and it's sort of also elevated what Arizona is right now. You know, it certainly seems like, you know, Fish, he said he left the program in a better place than when he got there. And at this exact moment, I think it's hard to argue with that, right? The roster is just in a much better place than 2020 when he took over. Obviously, the portal could change things. But I wonder if that culture that Jed Fish did bring to Arizona and build, that family, the do-it-for-your-brothers, you know, stick together, don't worry about NIL, like play and win here. I wonder if that's maybe working against him a little bit in terms of trying to bring the roster over because it seems like the rumors that are out there that a lot of these guys are kind of like, you know what? We have a pretty good thing here going. We like each other. We love each other. We love playing with each other. Maybe we don't want to follow him out the door. And obviously they have 30 days to decide or maybe not like 24, 25 days to decide if they went into the portal. But it doesn't seem like there's this mass exodus to follow him to Washington. Is that 
I mean, is it too early to make that declaration, or is there maybe signs that, hey, maybe he built the culture too good at Arizona to be able to raid it to bring them to Washington? We'll see. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I my advice to uh, Arizona fans basically has been to expect the worst and hope for the best. Um, you're unrealistic if you think nobody's going to leave. Um, but maybe you're, you know, you're panicking if you think everybody's going to leave. It's probably going to land somewhere in between. And we all, we know who the key guys are, right? Like the the really big headliners are Noah Fafita and Tetero McMillan. You can read into it what you will, their appearance at the basketball game uh, on Wednesday, um, hanging out by with Kevin Durant. And, I mean, it was really quite a scene down there uh, in the corner of, of the of the arena. Um, but yeah, they have built something great here and maybe those, you know, maybe some guys just want to stick together and play together, you know, and there's certain guys too, like maybe they have one year left and they don't want to uproot their lives. You know, um, if you're, if you're T-Mac, like you're going to get numbers wherever you go. This, (laughs) this is not a Dorian Singer situation where you're going to go somewhere else and then they're not going to throw you the ball. Like, this is a first-round pick, maybe a top half of the first-round pick. So whether it's here or elsewhere, he's going to get the rock. Um, And the other thing, too, is if you're Noah, you're T-Mac, you're anybody else, like, you don't have to make that decision in the next however many days. You can go through spring practice with this coaching staff, see what it's like, and if you don't like it, you can go into the portal after spring. There's another window that opens up, a 15-day window, that gives everyone that opportunity. So uh, the roster building process has changed, um, and we don't know what the team is going to look like really until mid-May, maybe. Uh, Makes it harder for the, um, you know, preview magazine industrial complex, you know, to to put out an accurate uh, product, Um, but it... Yeah, it gives us something to pay attention to and talk about for quite some time. Really, it really expands the window that uh, is referred to as the off season. Yeah, Adam and I had our, our emergency kind of podcast to talk about the fish departure, and you know, I think we talked about how fish did build things and do things the right way. It just obviously he wasn't necessarily intending long term of doing that at Arizona necessarily, but it, you know, its personal moniker was taken. You know, when you look at, uh, to kind of pivot to the, the Brent Brennan hire, if there's one thing that we know about Brent Brennan, when, when <laughs> all all indications are, all reports are, when he says it's personal, it's, it is personal with that person right in front of him, which is, a, it's, it's an interesting kind of transition in my mind. And I'm a, I'm somebody that's not, I actually kind of hate hiring anybody that has too many ties to a program, because I think that ties you down to them uh, if it comes to accountability, but when you look at the Brent Brennan hire, is he the right personality fit for the, the culture that has been built or at least started with Jed Fish and for Tucson in general? Yeah, I think he's the perfect fit in a lot of ways. Um, first of all, he's had success on the field. Um, people will point to his overall record. I think you need to look at the last four seasons, three of which they won seven games. That is an extremely impressive feat at San Jose State, which is one of the least resourced programs in all of FBS. Um, I'm sure you've heard all the stories about him having to fundraise to buy the team breakfast and 
all that kind of stuff. I mean, you know, com- Arizona by comparison, you know, is a big time program. And I thought that that was important for them to hire somebody who would appreciate what they have here so that they wouldn't be looking for whatever the next best thing is um, after a successful season or two. That is not him. He will not do that. Um, he will appreciate what he has here. He likes it here. He knows um, Tucson. He knows what you can do here if you go about it the right way. Um, you know, as we all know, like one of his biggest mentors was Dick Tomey, who had just so happens to be the winningest coach in Arizona football history. Um, I think that only goes so far. Like, you know, we are decades past the Dick Tomey era, but there are certain, you know, lessons that Brent Brennan learned from him that he carries through to this day. And I think the number one thing is, you know, it's about how you treat people uh, above and be above and beyond anything else. Um, and that really matters. You know, that's how you create a culture. That's how you get people to stick around, you know, and not dabble in the transfer portal. That's how you get coaching staffs to stay together. And continuity is a really big thing. Um, he is shown that he has a good eye for talent and that he and his staff can develop players. And I think that's also really important uh, for this particular job. Um, that was consistent with how Jed was too. Like he talked about being a developmental program, primarily relying on high school players. Now he was able to land some pretty high profile high school players uh, during his time here, especially in the class of 2022. Uh, We'll see how Rent and his staff do. I do know that he had, he and his staff, most of the guys that'll bring over from San Jose State, ton of ties on the West Coast, ton of ties in the Polynesian community. Check, check. Right. Those are things you have to have uh, in order to recruit well for Arizona. So I think there's a lot of reasons that um, he's a good choice for this job. The best choice that they could have made under this particular set of circumstances. And he's entering into a situation that is way better and more stable than what he would have entered into if he had gotten the job three years ago. You know, it's funny, all the things you said about Brennan out of the positives and it's all tracks. Right. That's who he is, a developer. He's won some games. And yet a lot of people look at the and are like, Brent Brennan, like that's not flashy, but if you look at him towards like Jed Fish three years ago, Jed Fish couldn't make any of those claims as a developer of talent, as a recruiter, because he'd never done it before. Here you have Brent Brennan, who has done that before, at a very difficult place to do that at, and it's still kind of met with shrugs. Do you think maybe that's kind of because, or maybe because he was the runner-up a few years ago? He's not a fresh name. He's not a hot shot name. He's not a guy who was like the next coach to be elevated to a power five, or I guess power four, you know, program now. He's just Brent Brennan, who was the runner-up when Fish got the job, and maybe Arizona had to settle for him because they had to hire someone quickly. Brent Brennan is not the hot girlfriend, but he is maybe the girl that you bring home and the one you end up marrying, you know? Is that your lead um, for your next column? Because... It is absolutely oh, not. Okay. <laughs> Just <making No>. sure. <laughs> it is absolutely not. No. But, I mean, I think there's potential here uh, for this to be a long-term relationship if Brent Brennan does well, and I think there's great value in that, right? Like not having to do this every three years and reset everything. Um, You know, he wasn't the hot name, but you know who was the hot name back in 2018? You know, Kevin Sumlin. You know, how did that work out? Not well. Um, This is not a quote-unquote retread coach. You know, this is not somebody who's been fired. Um, This is someone who has done well uh, at a lower-level program, 
um, has a has a good solid resume uh, in that regard. Um, like, is it the most exciting hire of all time? No, but I don't think the most exciting hire is always the best hire. Um, and I think that it was the right guy at this particular point in time. You know, maybe Fish was the right guy in 2020. Like, they needed like someone who could almost work a miracle. You know, um, I don't know if if Brent had taken over if it would have taken him only three years to lead the team to a high level bowl game. You know, it might have, it might have taken longer. It took him longer uh, at San Jose State to get that done. Um, but yeah, I, that that part of it doesn't bother me at all that he wasn't like the the hot candidate. And I don't even know, like this happened so fast. Like I don't even know if there was time to even figure out who the hot candidate was. You know, like I think also Dave Hickey was ready to go on this thing, um, which was pretty impressive because he knew he had to. And I know he said the other day that, you know, that he talked to seven to 10 people, but I'm pretty sure he had that list narrowed down to two or three and that Brent Brennan was atop the list. And it helped a lot, too, that they had vetted him uh, three years ago. Yeah, you know, and referring to Brennan as maybe the right guy at the right time. I, you know, I've heard a lot over the years of Tucson or Arizona sports media people, in, including yourself, I think, talking about how, you know, for what's a realistic expectation for this program and what's the model. It's, you know, it's the Utah model. It's that, you know, it's that reliable, consistent staff. It's the, you know, recruiting on and developing where you get a high hit rate, if, if not, you know, flashy five stars. You win seven to eight games almost a given every year and you win 10 every three years or so. And it feels to me like this is that kind of, like, if that's the model, Brent Brennan seems to be the vessel for that, where you have that that continuity, you have that development where you raise your floor, you have that kind of consistency. And then the real question is, all right, how what's what's the ceiling on this and how, how much can he build it? What's the slope of that line and what's the peak of that line? Is that, is that a fair framing that this is like, this is the Utah model hire? 100%. Yes, you're absolutely on track here. And I don't think we know what the ceiling is with Brent Brennan, because I think the the ceiling was pretty low at San Jose State. Like, he went, like, one of those seven win seasons was the pandemic year, and they were 7-0 and in the regular season until they lost the Arizona Bowl a game in which they had about half their roster available um, because of COVID. Um, it's, but maybe that shows what he's capable of. You know, they won, I think, what, five games in a row this season or maybe six in a row. I think they were one, one and five and ended up seven and five in the regular season before losing the right. bowl game. Um, so we'll see. Like I said, he's going to have more resources at his disposal here than he's ever had as a head coach. So... You know, if he takes advantage of that and continues to kind of implement the same principles, shows the same good, you know, eye for talent and and also for retention and culture building, um, I think that the ceiling is maybe higher than any of us can imagine at the moment. You know, but we'll have to see. I, I don't think, like, none of us on this podcast or pretty much anyone who follows Arizona football thought that they would win 10 games in year three under Jed fish. 
you know, after coming, you know, going one in 11, two years earlier, like no one thought that was possible. Maybe that was just lightning in a bottle. You know, maybe that was a unique set of circumstances. Maybe that was a quarterback injury that happened at a, a fortuitous time leading to a change that the head coach was reluctant to make. Um, but maybe, it, maybe it shows what Arizona football can be. If you, if you get everything right. I wonder too, because Brennan, like, I don't know if I would have excited that hire three years ago, but having gone through the Sumlin era or whatever, that would have been five years ago, six years ago or whatever. Having hey, did you say Sumlin, era or error? Either one works. <laughs> <laughs> but if you go from that and then seeing what they did with Jed Fish was an unknown, maybe the un, like not a flashy, sexy candidate back then. I'm a lot more like, hey, you know what? If Brennan's the guy, especially under the circumstances, I think they could have done a lot worse. I am wondering, though, if there's a sense that, okay, part of the reason they like Brennan is they don't think he would leave. You know, that they're not this, they're not afraid that if he has success, if he builds on what Fish did, wins 10 games a couple of years from now, he's not going to be bouncing from their job because I can understand being somewhat skittish after Fish, even though I imagine, you, I think you kind of alluded to it, that Dave Hickey probably wasn't caught totally off guard that Fish ended up leaving, whether it was this year or next year. But I'm kind of weary of hiring someone because you don't think they would leave because like I want the candidate, I want the coach who's good enough to get a bigger job. I want them to turn it down, but I want them to be good enough to get that job. Is is there a sense? Do you think that they like Brennan because they're not worried about him having, you know, those wandering eyes? So I've heard this uh, theory and um, it's been kind of talked about in the same way that the baseball hire of Chip Hale was talked about, right? Like, I'm, I'm mad that Jay Johnson left us. I'm going to hire someone who will never leave us. Even though that person has no experience coaching college baseball and has never recruited in his entire life, right? That's the way that the Chip Hale um, hire was viewed by some. I happen to be a fan of Chip Hale. Um, I think he's uh, an excellent baseball coach as far as the fundamentals go. The players really like him. The families really like him. Um, I think he made a mistake when it came to the pitching situation, and I think he's rectified that. And you'll see a, a great improvement in that area this upcoming season. The difference between this situation and the baseball one is that Brent Brennan has a pretty good track record and resume as a head football coach. Um, you might not think so if you just looked at, like I said, if you just looked at his overall record, but you have to consider the context um, of that record and what he did over the latter half of his time at San Jose State. Um, this is not someone who has never recruited in his life. He has recruited a lot and he has gone up against heavyweights in, in, you know, in that process and probably lost a lot of battles um, in that regard. This is someone um, who has led a, pro a college program. This is someone who has uh, in, been involved in fundraising um, who's done all of those things that you need to do as the CEO of a football program um, these days. Um, so I get that theory or that argument, but I don't buy it because I think he's got the resume um, to back to back up the choice that Dave Hickey ended up making. Do you, do you think that the perception that this is his dream job and he would never leave is what biases people to maybe be more conservative on what the ceiling is that he could achieve here? Like, 
you know, it's like, oh, well, we're going to be stuck with it. It's, you know, if, if it's not somebody that's going to be hired away by anybody else, they almost inherently devalue him. Do you think that that's a, an issue? Yeah, I guess so. It's just kind of weird that way. And look, I, I mean, on, on our podcast, uh, the Wildcast, uh, which went up uh, on Thursday, uh, Justin Spears and I had a discussion about like the ceiling idea, you know, and maybe the ceiling isn't quite as high as it would have been with a Jed Fish because of, I don't know, Jed Fish's NFL connections or the amazing staff that he could put together or whatever the case might be. Um, I mean, they did a great, that staff did an amazing job in terms of evaluation. You know, they had a guy in Matt Doherty who doesn't get talked about a lot, who's their director of player personnel, like really good at what he does. Like Brent Brennan needs to find himself a Matt Doherty type uh, for sure to, to figure out who the best players are. But yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I don't think, I think I'm trying to use this phrase correctly, but I think those two things can be mutually exclusive. Like don't put, don't put limits on the guy just because, you know, he wants to be here and might view this as his final destination um, as a coach. You know, just because you don't have that ambition doesn't mean that you can't succeed. I mean, I think Mike Gundy is one of the top two or three longest tenured coaches in college football. He's still winning, right? It's not like he's just like, you know, put put things on cruise control uh, at this point just because he's been there for 17 years or however long it's been um if you have that competitive nature inside of you um you are going to want to do everything in your power put everything you have uh, into the job and and one of the first things i think he said to the team or they showed that little clip of him talking to the team was just like how much responsibility he feels in taking over this job so it really means something to him and that was something that i talked about with Chip Hale too. Like this is really, it's really important for both of those guys that these programs succeed because they've been invested in them in one way or the other for a long time. Yeah. I, I listened to that podcast actually on the way home before we were, were recording now. And I thought this was a question that I thought in conversation that was great. And it seems to me the floor and ceiling question is, is about recruiting in one way or another. Right. Um, and like the 2022 class that, is the that the ten win season was based on that backs of that that class. It's not just that it's the the Fafitas and T Max, it's that the hit rate was so high on you know it's you it's there you go down to the lowest rated guys and they're they're all almost contributing already, if not even like outperforming by a wide margin. You know, look at Jacob Manu. And I think that's it to me it's the the floor is the hit rate, and that can be solved by development. And the real question of the ceiling is the ability to get the stars occasionally, right? Is that? Do you think that that's an appropriate framing of that? And I think in, when it comes to Brennan, it seems like development is the is the thing that he's going to be good at. It's whether we can he can convince the stars. So I think one way of looking at this is through the NFL draft lens. And if you look at the last five or so years, um. San Jose State has had a third-round pick and a fourth-round pick, which might not sound that impressive. But then if you look at what Arizona's had over that same time period, or even going back uh, further than that, they haven't had anyone drafted higher than the fifth round since 2014. Um, That's a long freaking time, right? 
And as you guys know, they've had several years where they've had nobody drafted, right? So I'm not saying that that's like, obviously that is substandard, unacceptable, embarrassing even for a program of Arizona's caliber to, to be that piss poor at um, developing NFL players, but they did a better job of that in some, you know, it, it looked at, looked at it through that particular lens. San Jose state did a better job of finding like high level players than Arizona did. Now that's going to change. That stat will change when Jordan Morgan gets picked, you know, in the first or second round in this upcoming draft. And I think Tanner McLaughlin's going to get picked and Jacob Cowling and maybe Michael Wiley, uh, et cetera. Um, but you know, as of today, you know, San Jose State has had more, you know, top four round picks than Arizona uh, over similar time frames. So I think they are definitely capable of finding top shelf players. I think that'll make a lot of people feel better. Obviously, they have to prove it, you know, with the new resources at Arizona. But I guess there's every reason to believe that this coaching staff, especially led by Brent Brennan, can get the job done, at least at a level that Arizona needs. And I think the most exciting thing that you said to me was that, he cares so much because I'm a big believer that, you know, I was okay if they would have hired like a young hotshot coordinator who's like, I need to prove myself. I'm also okay with the guys like, I want to make this work so badly. You know, I think part of the reason Kevin Sumlin probably didn't work out was because he just didn't care as much. His heart wasn't in it. Brent Brennan clearly cares. And no matter how long he's at Arizona, if he's going to be Arizona's Lute Olsen, whether he's going to be a guy that, you know, whatever it is, you know that he's going to give it his all. And I think it's something that helped Jed Fish. That he came in looking to prove himself to get the next job, but either way, he was working as hard as he could because he wanted to make this into something. And Brennan seems to have that same quality. Like that, that's a hugely positive thing. Yeah, I think that really matters. You know, I really do. Um, as you mentioned, like Kevin Sumlin, he wasn't super motivated. It didn't seem like you know when he was here. I mean, felt it all felt kind of half-hearted, a little bit like. He told that story about how he was like on a beach in Brazil or something when he was, when they contacted him. Like, I don't think he was really thinking about coming back to coaching at that point. And, and they kind of forced it a little bit. Um, Jed Fish was very motivated to prove himself. I mean, he'd been waiting his entire career for an opportunity like this one, but also like, you know, super ambitious guy who, I mean, this, you know, he talked about this being like a long-term, you know, final destination for him. But did any of us really ever think that was going to be the case? I, I have mentioned this many times. I think that the whole thing with Jed would have felt different if he had left after next year. I really do, right? Um, because he, it would have been kind of like the culmination of that first round of players, the really high-level players, the three-and-done type players they would have several of them are probably going to go to the nfl anyway and if they go to the nfl with a block a on the graphic on espn and nfl network it just makes such a big difference with the psychology the psychology of the fans to me maybe i'm wrong um because i'm not i'm not a fan but that's that's how i view it you guys are nodding so um it seems like i'm making some sense here um but you know any god i mean they would have been a preseason top 15 team, maybe even a preseason top 10 team. You know what? If they had brought everybody back. You know what I think I just heard from you and it just kind of dawned me was like, Jed Fish was out to prove that Jed Fish could do this. 
whereas Brent Brennan's probably out to make Arizona something. Is that, I mean, not that huh. Jed Fish, like if Jed Fish proved himself in Arizona was good at the same time, great, because he was the head coach. But his goal was to, you know, the ambition was to show that he could get the job done and be a high-level head coach, whereas Brent Brennan's motivation is probably making Arizona into a high-level program. Is that fair? I mean, I, I don't want to besmirch Jed Fish because he did a great job, I think. But in terms of what motivates them to get out of bed as they coach this team, is that is that totally inaccurate, really accurate, somewhere in between? Nah, I don't know. It's an inter- it's a good theory, to be sure. I mean, we have we have to sort of make some assumptions yeah. about internal motivation um, if we do that. I mean, I do think when Jed was here that it really did – it meant a lot to him, and he wanted to raise the stakes for Arizona football, raise the level of play – changed the perception um he had a plan and he executed that plan really well um but i I think brent brennan has a plan too and it might look a little bit different maybe it won't be as flashy maybe there won't be as many catchphrases or whatnot but that's okay you know if the if the bottom if the if the bottom line is seven and five eight and four on a regular basis i think people will be pretty satisfied I could be wrong about that. Maybe that's not good enough. Um, I think you do have to have the occasional like peak in there, like kind of like Rich Rod, right? I think it was, I think he went, was was 2013? No, 2012 was his first year, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I think they went like seven and five, eight and four, or eight and four, seven and five or something. And then they had the, you know, the 10 and two regular season in, in 2014. Um a lot of injuries the next two seasons, I think seven and six, three and nine, bounced back to seven and six. Like if you, that's pretty that's a pretty good record. I mean they went to a bowl game five games five years out of six. Like if you can make that twelve team playoff once every five years in the pretty deep big twelve, I think that'd be pretty good. I think we agree. And that's a nice place to end this one, I think. Michael Love, Arizona Daily Star, senior writer, columnist. You can find him on Twitter, at Michael J. Love, of course. There's the Wildcaster app and the podcast you do with Justin Spears. We appreciate the time, of course. We know you're busy, but you've been planning out some great content, and we appreciate that as well. So, Michael Love, we'll catch up with you down the road, hopefully maybe in a little bit calmer time for you because, <laughs> you know, we know it's busy. But, again, thank you for the time here. Thanks, as always, gentlemen. All right, that's Michael Love. And we come back. I think we'll finally talk some basketball. Welcome back. It's Wildcat Radio 2.0. Thanks again to Michael Lev for his insight into the coaching search, the need for the search, the new coach, because, you know, I, I don't think, like I said, Brett, we weren't feeling bad about this hire. But I think talking to Michael Lev here and his perspective, I feel pretty good about it still. Yeah, I mean, I was, uh, we talked about with Rob Barrowin, I was, okay with a the Brent Brennan option back when it when he finished second to Jed Fish and I've only felt better the more I've you know gone a layer deeper and kind of dug into the guy his success and the the you know some of those advanced metrics that actually speak to somebody like me that's an engineer son and like oh there's not just like it's just it's not just vibes and and feel good and like what a likable guy it's like no there's there's evidence of of things that are even beyond just wins, wins and losses at a, at a challenging program like San Jose, uh, San Jose state. So, you know, I'm, I, I, I don't, and I don't think it's just like being like, Oh yeah, now I think I, now that we hired him, he's one of us and he's great. I, I, I see the path to success more clearly than I have, uh, previously. And I'm, 
and especially if he's able to retain most of this roster, I'm really excited to see what he can do with it. Yeah, for sure. Brett, of course, Brent Brennan is not the only addition when it comes to Arizona. You know Home Field, the good brand? Did you hear they're dropping more Arizona stuff on Friday? I may have. <laughs> and we are now partnering with Home Field, the good brand. Enter code Wildcat Radio AZ, all caps. You get 15% off for first-time customers. I, I'm actually wearing a Home Field shirt right now, Brett, and I think most of our listeners are aware of what they do in terms of the quality of like the look, the vintage look, the unique looks, the softness of the shirts. Like, I don't have a lot of money, and I'm going to have even less because they keep coming out with great stuff. <laughs> and I'm not yeah, mad, I mean, but I'm also kind of poor because of it. So it's this conflicting <laughs> set that we but, have. But some, well, Adam, sometimes money can buy happiness when it's home field apparel. <laughs> uh, I mean, you saw me post. I went to my first game in Seattle at a, a what is it, American Airlines Arena, and it was the ASU Washington game. And I've never looked better than wearing the U of A bomber jacket, and got complimented on it by the ASU fans sitting behind me. Like, you're lucky you're in a place where you could wear that. I have the jacket, too. I think I've worn it twice. I'm like, it just hasn't been cold enough to, like, warrant wearing that. Because it's, it's a pretty sweet jacket. But, yeah, everything they do, I feel like, it's like you just, like, blindly point in. Obviously, they do what, over 150 colleges, but we're talking U of A. I don't know too many of our listeners want everyone else. But you could, I'd say, I'd say you probably just, like, blindly point at anything. You'd probably get an ASU thing just because, you know, because we can't have all the nice things. But even their ASU stuff looks kind of sweet. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like I'm not they gonna buy any of it. I've never done one of their like their random ones that they do where it's like it's a really good deal and they just send you something. I'm like, what if I got an ASU shirt? I don't want that. I don't feel great about it, but it looks so cool. It does. But anyway, again, there's new UV stuff dropping this week. Check it out for home field. It is the good brand. Use promo code Wildcat Radio AZ for your first purchase. You get fifteen percent off. Like that's that's a lot of fun. And and I've seen the I've seen the stuff that is coming. I've seen the future, and it is good, Adam. The present and past aren't bad either. <laughs> so if, you, Fair. if this is your first time checking out Home Field, do so. You know, you can go to homefieldapparel.com, check them out. Of course, they have an app as well. Pretty easy to buy. Use promo code WildcatRadioAZ, 15% off your first order. Anyway, Brett, we promised basketball. Let's talk some basketball. Arizona men, I think this is the last time we talked basketball. They lost to Washington State wearing their red uniforms. They'll probably never wear those again. And they beat Good. USC. And now they're preparing for UCLA. It's They've hit definitely hit a bit of a, a rough patch in the season. Better now than a couple months from now. And as much as I want to be disappointed in them losing, and like losing to Washington State is just dumb. Like they just played a bad basketball game. The talent is there. Like, I'm still not ready uh -huh. to get down on what they have in terms of the ability to be the great team that they were earlier in the season. I don't know if beating USC at home is a sign that they're figuring it out. I'm not sure if beating USC or UCLA on Saturday would be a sign that they're figuring it out. But either way, it's a, it's a long season when you're one of the favorites. Right? It's just getting to March, and this is kind of the dog days, if you will. Yeah, just just as we all had it, Arizona has the get-right games against USC and UCLA in January. <laughs> um you know, those teams were both preseason, what, top two or three teams in the conference and both had their struggles. I mean, UCLA, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, our, we just had Lev on uh, in, in the last segment. And I listened to the pod, as I mentioned, I listened to the pod on the way here. And they were saying, like, could you job. imagine could you imagine if Arizona basketball lost a game by 47 points like UCLA did last weekend? 
Um, it's they're they're in a world of hurt, but also there's talent on those rosters. Yeah, um, USC's not a bad. I mean, they're not a good team, but they have talent. UCLA is still like that game worries me still. It's yeah, UCLA. and 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 USC was missing some guys, and like the Washington State game was just a bad game, and some of it can be explained by it was almost like the inverse of. You know, Stanford shooting against Arizona, Arizona shooting against Washington State. They were just not, I think they missed 55 or 57 shots, including free throws in that game. Like in a 40 minute game, that's kind of, you almost, that's incredible. Yeah. Right. Um, and so as long as you're taking good shots, you know, I mean, you've, you've heard me talk about this. I'm not worried when you're missing good shots in the offense, in the system with your feet. Like you're, if you're making good plays, it's eventually going to work out. Um, you know, the things that are, the trends that are a little bit more concerning, like everybody points to that Ramar Ballo missing a lot of like easy shots around the basket. Some of that maybe is the yips or just maybe he needs to be stronger at finishing. Honestly, my bigger concern is he looked lost and ineffective on defense worse than he has last year, uh, yeah. including just making like questionable decisions when like, Hey, you can't leave your guy to take a step up and give up an easy dump off for a dunk, right? You know, it's Which it's a, be happening this season for him. He's played enough basketball. He's yeah, enough to he's, not be making those mistakes. He's he's making freshman mistakes as a guy that you know is is an upperclassman, especially in in modern college basketball. Um, and so that you know his his I don't know if we can call it plateauing is it, it, it or even regressing is is my biggest concern right now. Kylan Boswell has snapped back. He's a just kind bit, of yeah. a, he's starting to... you know, I think, you know, he's still, if he's trending in the right direction in consistency, that's going to go a long way. Jaden Bradley has stepped up quite a bit. He looked pretty good against USC. He's starting to play really well, I feel. Like, he's giving you yeah. a reason to maybe, like, hey, if they made a lineup change, you might go with Bradley, but also like him off the bench with what he's provided. But he's playing really well. Yeah, and, you know, with the struggles with Umar Ballo, I feel like Tommy Lloyd is finally, you know, the, in the USC game, the, the first one of the first guys off the bench was Krebus coming in for Ballo. And Krebus has, I, I, I was a person advocating for more minutes for him earlier in the season. And I think that they're going to him and trusting him a little bit more. And he's played pretty darn well. And so that, you know, if, for all of the negative trends, there's also some positive trends. And he he's a, he's a, a really big, bright, uh, positive trend for this team. But also, you know, I'm a, don't make me tap the sign again. This is modern college basketball with parity. And, like, the 100th best team is not as far off from the top 15 team as it was 20, 30 years ago. And people just need to get comfortable with that. And that means, yeah, you're going to lose. How many top 10 teams lost last weekend, right? Um, it's 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 mid-January, you know. Arizona fans panic. If they lose one game, they think it's a disaster. It's it's really about which direction you're going, and you know if I'm if I'm going in a if I'm wanting to go deep right now, one of the d- directions that is good is I want to go the direction of Caleb Love because he's been looking great and consistent. Oh, wow, like he's looking like everything that Arizona needed him to be, and probably more than you want him to have to be in some of these games. Like the idea was they have a team around him there where he didn't have to be the guy, but. He's capable of being the guy, and he's doing it within the system. So, yeah, very excited to see how he's playing within the system. And which is that gives me faith that they can get things figured out because there are good players on this team. You know, Pell Larson's a good player. Con Buzz is a good player. Keyshawn Johnson's good. Umar Balo's good, right? This isn't a bad roster that Caleb Love's having to drag through games, but he is capable of elevating them. He is capable of getting them through some rough patches in the middle of a game where they just need someone to put the ball in the basket. He's good with that. 
They need more players to step up and be consistent. That would be nice. You know, maybe Krivas getting more minutes. Philly B got some early run against USC. You know, maybe there's a little bit more they can tap into their roster, but it's also still mid-January, early in the Pac-12 season. And knowing that, yeah, they want to get a one or two seed and be out west, they go on a nice little run here, they'll secure that. Like it's just that type of year where everyone, like you said, is losing games, and a lot of teams are losing games they shouldn't be losing. So, you know, it's it's not exactly great analysis to say don't worry about it. It's fine because there are things they need to get better at, things they need to be more consistent with. But, you know, it could be a lot worse because we know they have the talent. And, again, like they don't lose two games in a row. They come back and respond when they lose a game. Was USC their best performance of the season? No. But not everything has to be your best performance. You just have to win your games. And they still won it by 15. <laughs> Right? So it's not like they, they had to eke that one out. So you'll see what happens against UCLA. Normally a tough game for them. UCLA is coming up a interesting win over ASU earlier in the week. It's not the best uh, US, UCLA team I was there. come to town. I was there. That was an ugly game. No, no, no. It was, that was in Tempe. Oh, wait. Oh, oh yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of the Washington like, game. You moved but to also... Washington, man. You don't, you don't live here anymore. Stop with that. <laughs> in a different time zone now, yeah. Adam. It's confusing no, they, they, for me. UCLA beat ASU. It was a very interesting basketball game. Doesn't mean they're good. They It was close. And ASU, I don't know how good they are. They're starting to kind of come back down to earth. But Arizona has to play well. And that's what, you know, it's at home. So you need to, this is not the game you can lose. But either way, I think, like, I'm willing to give them the time, give Tommy Lloyd and his staff the chance to figure it out to get the most out of this team because there's a lot they can get out of this team. Yeah, and... Again, don't make, me make, don't make me tap the sign again. Stop saying Tommy Lloyd can't coach. He is <laughs> remains the most successful, like winning percentage coach in the first, you know, couple seasons of a of a coaching career ever. And even with I a couple losses this season, I think he's still right there. Like everybody, everybody just needs to take a deep breath. Um, and if you're expecting perfect consistency, you know, professional level consistency from 18 year olds, you're going to be disappointed a lot. Mm-hmm. Now. Uh, do they need to get get trending in the right direction? Yes. Uh, do they need to figure some things out and and you know get Umar Balo right for them to reach with the heights that they want to get to and get Kyle and Boswell consistent? Yes. All right. It's mid January. There's a number of games between now and then, and and we're gonna see how they do. But also know that every top program is having these same kind of conversations and panics, and that means that you know in any given game. You know, it can be their day that's the bad day, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's where they're at. But we'll get into a lot more. Assuming football calms down, we'll get into a lot more basketball in the coming weeks on different shows. But I think that's going to do it for this week's second Wildcat Radio 2.0 podcast. We did two this week, Brett. We're good. Makes up for the weeks where we just didn't do them. Like we're averaging that, out. That, we're getting there. That that like month when I was moving. that wasn't great for the pod but here we're back and we're doing those things Um, of course you can find us on the twitter machine at wildcat radio az wildcat radio az is also our promo code for home field 15 percent off your first order get u of a stuff with that soft it looks great wildcat radio az is your code brett people can find us on itunes and spotify we love them to subscribe to us leave us a rating and a review on itunes we'll read that review on the air got any new ones this week we do not. We do not. That's okay. Maybe next week we'll get some new ones. We've had a lot to talk about this week. Like yeah. it's, it's, been, it's been a week for everyone who cares about Arizona football especially. So we understand if we're not your priority in terms of leaving a comment on iTunes. But otherwise, yeah, we appreciate you all. We appreciate Michael Lev for sharing his time in this really busy week. Um, yeah, I think we can 
take a bit of a breath here. You know, maybe enjoy some basketball this weekend. Arizona UCLA is on Saturday, I think at four o'clock. Um, but yeah, appreciate y'all listening. Whatever happens with Arizona, there's going to be coaching staff news, more portal news, hopefully some good portal news. But whatever happens over the coming days and weeks, we will talk about it. But till then, have a nice weekend. And remember to bear down. Bear down.